0: Hey, I've got some Bible verses today that will help you overcome some fear that you may have in your life. Let's check it out on this episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Today we're going to go over a handful of Bible verses talking about overcoming fear in our life. We all have fear in our life. We all have things we're afraid of or that we're battling. These are going to help you get through the day. If you missed this episode or any episode, check it out on YouTube, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all over the place. Check us out. Just look for Bible reading and coffee drinking. You can also check it out at the livingchristian.org website, which is our website. There you'll find additional Bible verse lists, blogs, Christian blogs. There's a whole apparel store there. And if you use the code podcast20, you can get 20% off any order all the time on anything in the store. Enough of this. Let's get to the episode talking about Bible verses to help you overcome fear. Let's go. All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. Today, we're talking about Bible verses to help you overcome fear. So whether you're watching this live on YouTube or if you've missed this episode or any episode, check them out on YouTube uh, Not or Instagram, but check them out on YouTube. You can watch or listen to wherever your podcast uh, desires are with Apple, Spotify, Google, everywhere else. Uh, Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking is the name of the podcast, and you can go back and, and listen or watch on YouTube all of my previous episodes. I think I've got 54, 55 uh, of these episodes up on YouTube now uh, and, uh, and Instagram as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So check it out. If you haven't already, make sure you uh, listen to previous episodes. All right. So today we are diving into Bible verses to help you overcome fear. Uh, fear is um, something that we all deal with in some form or fashion in our lives, and, and God has a lot to say about it inside of uh, these words. That is for sure. So turn to your Bibles. We're going to start with Isaiah 41, verse 10, and we're going to start there and bounce around a little bit over the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes or so. All right. Uh, so whenever you're ready, let's get going and have a sip of coffee and uh, give you time to kind of turn your Bibles to 40, uh, Isaiah 41. All right, Isaiah 41, verse 10. i I've got. If you're watching this, I've got to put my glasses on because I can't read. All right, verse 10 in Isaiah 41. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So I wanted to start with this one on purpose, okay? Because the first three words sum up everything we're going to talk about today. Do don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid for I am with you. If you're going through something right now in your life, if you're afraid of the future or if you're afraid of your circumstances or afraid of what's coming next, you have to trust God. Because right here in those seven words, eight words is all we need to know. Don't be afraid for I am with you. God is with us all the time, guys. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. I realize that sometimes it feels like we're all alone and we're battling these things on our own We've got to trust God's plan. We've got to trust that he is with us all the time. He says don't be discouraged But it feels like we always get discouraged. Why because we're not trusting that he is with us So as we go through this first, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God He, he When he first says, don't be afraid, I am with you, if you don't believe that, or if you're discouraged by that, or your your prayers aren't being answered, he follows that right back up with, don't be discouraged. For I am your God, I will strengthen you and help you and hold you up. We've got to have faith that God is with us. We have to have faith that God will strengthen us. We have to have faith that God will help us get through whatever it is that we're afraid of. So I don't know what you're afraid of. Physically, mentally, spiritually. The world and today, <laughs> we're all dealing with this uh, kind of fallen mess of a world that we live in. I don't I care where you are in the world. I know I've got people all over the world that listen or watch this. I don't know where you're located, but I do know this. We're all dealing with the this fallout of our society. And it's confusing. And people are angry. And we're afraid of what's going to happen next. I'm in the United States. There's a lot to be afraid of. I'm afraid who's gonna be the next president at times. I'm afraid uh, of the wars that are going on in the world. I'm afraid uh, of uh, you know just other countries uh, coming up against us. I'm probably not as afraid as some other people are in smaller countries. I, I know that I'm, I'm blessed to be in the United States. At least I feel that way. Maybe you're afraid of a recent medical diagnosis. Maybe you're afraid of losing your job. Or graduating from school and what you're going to do next. Whatever it is, God's telling us right here in Isaiah 41.10, Don't be afraid. For I am with you. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. Trust in that. All right, let's flip over to... Um, uh, let's go to Psalms. Let's go for Psalms 46, verse 1 through 3. All right, so Psalms is a little bit... is a few books back in uh, in the Bible. So Psalms 46... And we're going to go, we'll do one through three. Uh, so mine is page 761. Yours could be somewhere in that vicinity. If you're not familiar with the books of the Bible, Psalms is uh, the longest book. It's actually in the roughly in the middle of the Bible, and we're in the Old Testament. all right. Uh, so these are traditionally kind of uh, songs, frankly, uh, that were sung or could be sung. Uh, and most were written by David. So, this is Psalm 46, verse 1 through, we'll do 1 through 3, okay? Uh, Verse 1 God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So, now he's going to start listening to some stuff that we are all probably afraid of at some point. So, do not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. That's a scary thought, those last two verses, right? And quite frankly, if we're talking about, if you're re- relating this to 1 Thessalonians, to Revelation, the end of the world types of stuff, with, as he's talking about earthquakes and mountains crumbling to the sea, or oceans roar, mountains tremble as a water surge, sounds like you know, this world is battling back to us and God is, is making that happen. So what does he start with, though? God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Imagine if you're in the middle of the tribulation, and I'm just talking through this as an example. Imagine if you're in the middle of the seven-year tribulation that is discussed in the Bible, and uh, earthquakes are coming, and the world is falling apart. Where do you find your strength to keep going? Where do you find your refuge? Right there in 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So whether you're dealing with a physical Uh, Circumstance like earthquakes and mountains crumbling crumbling, and water surging, if you're dealing with that in your part of the world right now, God is still our refuge and strength. If you're dealing with metaphorical earthquakes and metaphorical mountains crumbling, if your world is crumbling around you and you feel like you're drowning in the seas as the mountains are crumbling around you, as your life is, is crumbling around you, if you're dealing with that part of your life, God is still our refuge and our strength. To help us in times of trouble. So whether it's realistic physical trouble you're going through, or your life is just a hot mess right now, God is still our refuge and our strength. He'll always—he's always ready. I like this line here, which is the second half of, uh, of verse one: "Always ready to help in times of trouble." Does it say that He always helps in time of times of trouble, or does it say He's always ready to help? So if you're if you're going through times of trouble right now and you're not reaching out to God and you're not relying on him as your refuge and as your strength, then he is maybe not ready to help. But if you are, he is always ready to help. But you got to go to him, peeps. You gotta go to him. You've got to go to God, pray to God, and ask him for help, ask him for strength, ask him and trust that he is our refuge. In our lives, so regardless of whether you're dealing with metaphorical mountains crumbling in your life or physical mountains crumbling in your life, go to God, and uh, He'll be your refuge and our strength. All right, let's hop. Uh, let's hop to the New Testament. Okay, uh, we'll go to. Uh, let's go to John. I have them listed on my screen. that's why I just want to keep looking off uh, camera here. John 14, uh, verse 27. We'll go 27 and 28. I like the second half of that as well. Uh, It kind of ties it back together. All right, let's uh, take a sip of coffee and we'll dive in while you're flipping your Bibles to John 14. Uh, Mine's on page 14, 16 or so. All right, so uh, John 14, verse, uh, what did I say, 27. Uh, This is Jesus talking. Okay, so Jesus is talking to the disciples, <clears throat> and he's talking about what's about to happen when he leaves, okay? I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Verse 28, remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you will be happy that I'm going, I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. So, what's Jesus talking about here? All right. So, Jesus is ascending into heaven. Uh, he is going to be leaving. He, the Holy Spirit's going to come down and fill uh, and be with the disciples. And they're probably pretty afraid at this point, if you think about it, right? I mean, you, you, you're talking about he's, he's, he's predicting his death. He's talking, he's washing the feet. He's kind of getting into what he's about to do, which is be crucified. All right. But he keeps kind of telling the stories that he's going to die or that he's going to go away. And this is their Messiah, our Messiah. So they're afraid of what he is even talking about. So how does Jesus comfort them with their fear? He comforts them in the sense of, hey, I'm going to give you peace. And you should love and be excited for me that I get to go be with the Father. And if you really love me, you would. And I love this part of... 28. Remember what I told you, <clears throat> I am going away but I will come back to you again. Okay. That should dispel any fear that we have in our life. Jesus ascended to heaven over 2000 years ago, and we've been afraid since. We've been afraid about what's happening in this world. We've been afraid of our own sin, we've been afraid of our neighbors, we've been afraid of what's happening in this world. We've had wars, and all sorts of stuff in the last 2,000 years. But the hope that Jesus is coming back should squash any fear that you may have. It does me. Because I don't know when he's coming back. Is he coming back the second? Is he coming back 10 years from now? I'm not real sure. Nobody does. But that should help ease the fears knowing that one day Jesus is going to come back. And if you really loved him, we'd be happy to be with him in heaven. The fact that he's going to be in heaven with the Father. And one day we'll get to join him. I love the 29. I'll wrap up with this. Uh, on, on this section of John. I have told you these things that before they happen. So that when they do happen. You will believe. He's trying to squash their fears. By telling them what is going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to ascend. I'm going to get go be with the Father. You should be happy for me. And you should be happy with that, but have no fear. I'm going to come back. That's what he's telling you, and he's telling everybody about that, us included, as we read this, because he wants us to believe. That's why he's telling us in advance, so we know what's going to happen. So have no fear. One day, Jesus is coming back, and everything's going to be awesome. All right, let's do one more uh, Bible verse. Let's see which one we want to go with. Let's go to. Let's go back to Psalms because Psalms is great, isn't it? Uh, Psalm. Uh, we'll do one eighteen six. Uh, once again, about halfway through the Bible uh, right before Proverbs, and it's a long one so you gotta flip all the way back to uh, psalm one uh, psalm one eighteen and on my um on my uh, bible it's roughly page eight ten this is a short one. But let's read it, okay? Um, uh, Psalm 118, verse 6. All right, so I'm going to I'm gonna read five. The, the one I want to hit on is six, but I'm going to kind of talk a little bit before and after. So verse five is this. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. Verse six. The Lord is for me, so I will not fear. I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me, he will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. So, but I really want to hit on verse six, which is the Lord is for me, so I will not fear. I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? So, if you have your faith in God, Okay, if you have your trust in God, if you seek God as your refuge, as we talked about in the other verses today. The Lord is for you. He is pulling for you. He is rooting for you. He is helping you through this life. And if the Lord is for you, then what can people do to you? (laughs) That's what he's talking about. Mere mortals, people, there's lots of translations on the different uh, parts of the Bible. But what he's saying is, if you trust in God, God is for you. What can people do to you? Nothing. People aren't as strong as God. People, this world is full of good people. And unfortunately, it's full of not good people. You're, You're always going to encounter challenges. You're always going to encounter people that want to hurt you or do you harm. Enemies, as the Bible talks about. But if you have God, he's for you. He's going to give you the strength. They can't hurt you. Can they hurt you physically? Yeah, maybe. Can they hurt you mentally? If you let them, right? If you let them. But in the grand scheme of things of of your life, if you talk about your your worldly life extended with your heavenly eternity, if that is your focus, and if you can look at your life in that spectrum, right? (laughs) Sorry, my hand's off camera. On that spectrum, People can't do anything to you. They think they can, but... I I deal with that, you know, in my career and in in, in my life. When I have people that are challenging me on things. Or or, or just a pain to deal with. Or that don't like me for whatever reason. I'm a charming person, but you know, not everybody likes me. (laughs) Right? I don't really care. I don't really care. Fine. Right here. Verse... Let's say verse uh, six, because the Lord is for me. I know that, and I believe that in my heart. So I don't care. What can people do to me? What can people do to me that God can't undo? Nothing. Nothing. So, whatever you're dealing with today, if you're dealing with people, you're dealing with situations, you have mountains falling down in your life. Don't worry about it. Have no fear. You've got God. Listen to the words in the Bible. Listen to Jesus kind of comfort you, comfort all of us that he is coming back one day. Listen to the words we read today about God being for us and providing us with the strength to get through anything that we're dealing with. So don't be afraid today. If you're afraid of the, what's happening in the world, or if you're afraid of what's happening in your life, have no fear. Trust in God. And the more you trust God with your life, I'll say this. The more I've trusted God with my life and my day-to-day life, and I didn't try to do everything myself, the less fear I have. Because when I'm trying to do everything myself, I'm running up against walls all the time. I always find that I can't get things accomplished the way I want to get accomplished when I try to do everything alone without God. So I'm not afraid. I remember when I started Living Christian, It's almost been ten years now since I started my Twitter feed. Probably five years ago, I kind of ramped it up with Instagram and and starting to get into YouTube and different things. Now, I was kind of afraid. I was afraid to put my faith out there. It's one thing for my friends and family, my my circle, to know what's happening, and you know the people in my life that know me. It's another thing to jump out on an Instagram live with thousands of people watching uh, on YouTube and listening to the podcast and and talking through this. I was afraid. I was afraid I didn't, I wouldn't qualify enough. I was afraid I didn't know the Bible enough. God let me through this stuff. And now we've got a couple million followers across all of our social channels. And it's all God. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just letting him use me as a vessel. Okay. But there's no reason to be afraid. I got over that fear. I jumped out. Sometimes we have to have that Peter moment, right? Got to jump out of the water. All right. Let's take a couple of questions. Um, and then uh, we'll wrap this thing up on a Friday afternoon. So let me have a sip of coffee. All right, uh, let's answer a few questions. Uh, this is the part of the podcast slash uh, live that we uh, uh, answer a few questions from our Instagram audience. I appreciate everybody who put a question in on this, uh, on Instagram today, and I'll read a couple. I can't get to all of them, uh, but I tried my best uh, to get to a few. So let's, uh, let's open this up and answer a few questions. All uh, right. This is the question I get every time. Uh, good morning. What time do you start? Is it every day? Uh, so uh, I do these uh, these uh, lives and podcasts on Mondays and Fridays uh, from 8 to 8.30 Central Time. I'm in Texas, in the United States. So if you want to join us live, uh, make sure you, you know, follow me on Instagram and hop on the live on Mondays and Fridays, 8 to 8.30 in the morning. If you miss any of these you can watch them on YouTube. You can listen to them on the podcast. They're always there. I've got tons of them up there. So make sure you check it out. Bible reading, coffee drinking, all those places, or just go to livingchristian.org. All right. Now let's uh, flip through here uh, and uh, we'll uh, take another question. What do you say about music that's, that's not Christian influencing us? Do you think they make us feel bad? Okay. That's, this is a common question that I get about music. Uh, yeah, I, I do listen to quite a bit of uh, Christian music, um, a lot of Christian new kind of pop rock music I, I like a lot, to be honest with you. Worship music I like a lot. Um, I grew up Southern Baptist, uh, so I I was on the hymnals and Amazing Grace and all those things. And I love the old uh, hymns as well. But like I got to tell you, I do listen to secular music as well. Not not all the time, but sometimes. And uh, and, and so I like country music because I'm in Texas, so uh, I like 80s and 90s rock and pop. I do listen to some of those things, absolutely. Now, saying that, whether it's music or whether it's TV or movies or books or magazines or internet pages that you go to, regardless of what it is, if if it's pulling you away from Jesus, then get it out of your life, okay? I can segment, and I don't listen to some of the stuff I used to listen to when I was younger. Uh, I used to listen to uh, some of the rock and rap music and the language was bad. And I just, my heart can't take that anymore, if that makes sense. Uh, I just can't do it. So I, I think about, is it pulling me away from Jesus or is it just entertainment? If it's just entertainment, okay, I can I can stomach that a little bit. And I can take it for what it is, okay? Uh, whether it's a movie, whether I go watch a Marvel movie or something, uh, I, I can take it for what it is. I'm, I'm strong enough in my faith. To where if I see something that I don't agree with, I don't let it influence me. that makes sense. But if that music, that movie, that TV show is blatantly trying to pull you away from Jesus and you're confused by that, or you're kind of buying into it a little bit, get it out. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, um, that you can only watch Christian movies or only watch... Uh, or listen to Christian music. <clears throat> I do, I like to do that, quite frankly. Uh, it helps me with my soul. Uh, but of course, I I, I I turn on a little George Strait every once in a while, or turn on some you know some other rock music or something. I do, I do, I do. Uh, but uh, I, I certainly don't uh, listen to the stuff I did when I was a teenager and so forth, because I, I it just it's if it's not it's not helping me with my relationship with Jesus. I don't really enjoy it that much anymore that makes sense so take it for what it is it pulls you away if it's troublesome to you it ain't worth it get it out get it out of your life i promise you you'll, you'll feel better about it all right let's see uh let's do another question or two. <clears throat> all right let's just flip through there's a lot today you guys are doing good uh, have you seen Jesus Revolution? What do you think? I have not seen Jesus Revolution yet. So we went to go see it a few weeks ago and I went to go buy tickets and it was uh, it was kind of working its way out of the theaters. Uh, I think there was only one time on a Saturday that it was still playing. So now it's on. You can rent it on Amazon or Apple or whatever, wherever you rent movies. So it's definitely on my list. I think my wife and I will probably watch it over the next week or week or so. So we've been talking about it. We're both excited about it. Uh, so I'm, I've am i heard great things about it. Uh, and uh, so I'm excited about the uh, Jesus revolution. So I will watch that and let you guys know what I think when I, uh, when I finish it. Okay. Are you Baptist? I am uh, no longer Baptist. I would say, I would say I'm a non-denominational kind of person. I grew up Baptist. Uh, I went to a Lutheran before. I've been to Catholic church, uh, you know, for about a year when I was uh, dating a girl in college. Um, And so I've kind of worked my way through the denominations, but currently, and I have been for uh, quite a while now, uh, more of a non-denominational. I just try to focus on Jesus and the Bible and not get too jammed up with uh, what the different uh, denominations are, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. So, but hey, whatever 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 brings you to Jesus, whatever denomination you're comfortable with that helps you get closer to God, that's the right one for you. But uh, for me, I uh, I um, I'm kind of non at, at this point. I think. Um, okay, uh, is it bad to drink alcohol? This is always a touchy one as well. This is, we'll finish up with this one. Is it bad to drink alcohol? Some Christians think it's okay, and then others are dead against it. That is a great question that I do get quite often. And I'm going to tell you my honest answer. All right. Honest answer about alcohol. <clears throat> alcohol itself. This is my opinion. You can have your own. Don't come at me. I know, I know you're, some people are going to disagree with me on this, and that's fine. Alcohol itself is not sinful. Drinking too much alcohol is sinful. Too much is in the Bible. It talks about don't be a drunkard. It's specific. Okay. Disciples drank wine. There's wine in the Bible. It even references wine being in heaven in a verse, which is interesting to me. So on on on, on at the most basic stage, It talks about wine. It doesn't talk about hard alcohol or beer. Those things didn't really, weren't part of the culture then, okay? But wine. So we'll genericize wine to mean alcohol. The Bible doesn't say that it's a sin. It says being drunk is a sin, okay? So anything you overdo is going to be sinful, whether it's food, gluttony, or whether it's alcohol, being a drunkard. Those things are sinful if they're harmful for you you take too much or drink too much or eat too much, it is sinful to overindulge in those things, period. Jesus' first miracle when he went to the wedding and they ran out of wine and his mother convinced him to kind of start his ministry and show people who he was, was turning water into wine. So it's hard for me to read that and say, all alcohol is sinful. Get it out of here. You choose not to drink. That's probably for the best, right? (laughs) That's probably for the best. It's not necessarily good for you, but moderation type of thing is in the Bible. I think it's okay. You got to not get drunk and try to let it control your life. I would say the same thing for smoking, for drugs, for weed, for any of those things. I would say those things will take over your life if you let them, okay? Okay. So if you have a problem with that, if you have a problem with drinking, and get it out of your life. Kind of going back to with the the music and the movies and everything we were talking about. If you can, if you can have a glass of wine, okay, great, and that doesn't bother you, okay, great. But the second it becomes an idol to you, or becomes something in your life that's pulling you away from God, you've got to get it out. That's sinful. That's what the Bible's talking about. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. That's my opinion. It's not everybody's opinion. I'm just trying to. Come out of this thing, right? In my mind, the Bible is the truth. Okay, this is what this is what I go my life by. Period. Cover to cover. All right, I believe this is the word of God. The Bible is, <clears throat> so it says not to be a drunkard. So I'm not to. Be, I'm not going to be a drunkard. Fair enough. All right. So, anyways, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, this episode of Bible and coffee drinking. If you missed it, as I mentioned before, check me out. Uh, on YouTube. Just look up Living Christian or Bible Reading Coffee Drinking, and you can watch even this episode from the beginning here soon. Uh, You can listen to it as well on all the podcasts and Spotify and Apple and everywhere else. So until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys.